Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Marcus Dillon on. Marcus is the president of Dillon Business Advisors, or DBA for short. It is a firm of accounting and tax professionals it based in Texas with clients all over the country. They help clients with everything from bookkeeping to tax advisory to tax compliance to fractional CFO services, and they specialize in working with dentists. Dylan, welcome to the show. Hey, Brandon. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you and the opportunity to reach your listeners. Sure. Well, tell us a little bit about what, your, what you and your firm do and how you serve the dental community. Yeah, um, I consider myself to have the best job in the world uh, because I get to help others achieve their goals. And so the way that we do that for our dental clientele are we surround them with a team of three. Um, so we surround them with a team of three professionals that really help them throughout the month and the year prepare for things in their business financially or prepare for taxes that will come down the pipe. Uh, we also help them have a long-term vision and help them back into what um, that goal or goals could be long-term. So um, it's been fulfilling. Uh, we lead a team of about 15 to 20 people on our side, and they serve each client uh, fully on that uh, kind of model. So you're not just doing April 15th or October 15th tax compliance. You're adding a lot of value in all the other services you add to that, correct? We we are. So we used to do do annual tax relationships and we wanted to go deeper with clients. So we embrace the model to serve them throughout the year, serve them throughout the month and have better conversations and prepare them for what may come down um, in the future like taxes. And so a lot of our clients have multiple tax projections throughout the year. So they know and can plan on any tax liability. And then when we go to prepare those tax returns after year end, those are wrapped up likely in February and there's no surprise. It's just a matter of paying any tax or filing the document and rolling on to the next year. I'm confused. You just said it was um, wrapped up in February. That's 60 days in advance of April 15th. That is virtually unheard of. So yeah. talk about that a little more. You know, with uh, being proactive throughout the year, we do the bulk of our tax planning in at the end of Q2, uh, probably June or July, kind of a mid-year check-in. And then we put in, in place a plan through the remainder of the year. If there's anything that needs to be done, uh, either acquired or planned on, that makes sense with the long-term vision of the practice. And then we also update the tax projection in November to make sure there's if there's anything right before the end of the year that we need to take advantage of. But by the time December rolls around, those first few, first few weeks in January, it's just a matter of closing the financials and getting that data over into the tax 
return and filing that tax return, which happens in February. And so, um, like I said, typically there are zero surprises with those clients because we've been proactive with them and they're meeting all the deadlines. They're actually ahead of their competition because they're thinking about Q1, Q2 of the current year, as opposed to being focused on something that happened in the past, like a tax return. Wow. That's, that's very, it, it just seems like, it seems like every year, more and more people are extending more and more people don't even have their ducks in a row until October 14th. And you guys are the opposite. You're like getting stuff done as soon as humanly possible. And it's not necessarily all for our benefit. It is for the client's benefit because we like to monitor cash flow and prepare for things. Taxes are a large expense for any uh, small business owner and no different than a dental professional. So just with that, we want to set aside the right amount of tax if there will be tax throughout the year or pay that in if it's a requirement through quarterly estimated tax payments. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is it can be planned for. And if you aren't planning for it, then you're you're doing yourself a disservice because it will catch you by surprise. And with you guys doing bookkeeping for a lot of your clients, that just makes it so much easier and more efficient to get done by mid-February, correct? Correct. And so our accounting specialists, they are involved throughout the month. So they will help with uh, payroll, any sales tax or excise tax filings or anything of that nature. We also take point on that compliance just to make the, make sure there's no surprises down the road. And uh, because we are involved in that process, we can stay on top of the planning as well, the financial data. So that financial data drives decisions, whether it's expansion, growth, or tax payments. Um, so it's one of those where when it comes to taxes, we look at all options that exist. And some of those uh, may be long-term uh, planning. So it may be something around retirement or just the way things are structured. And that is definitely conversations that we are a part of and help lead. But we also rely uh, on others to help come alongside clients and serve them as well with expertise. Talk a little bit about the fractional CFO services and what that is and how does that really benefit the client? Yeah, so that's the, that's the I guess, the highest level in that team of three. So our team of three is made up of a client service manager, that CSM, who is in the accounting on a monthly basis, biweekly touching the client. Client controller is that next level up to where they're really in charge of the past, the historical, and they're doing a lot of the compliance. So tax projections and tax planning, and then also the tax return. That highest level, which you've asked about, is that client CFO. So the client CFO is really focused on the future. So within our team of three, we focus on the current, the past, and the future, uh, kind of the, uh, um, the well-rounded team, if you will. And so that client CFO is really looking at data and metrics, certain key performance indicators in the practice, and helping plan with the doctor to where they are going and helping them achieve results. So with that, it, we, we help lead discussion on uh, long-term planning, whether it is an exit one day, so helping them think through succession before it comes um, with surprise. And then we also help them think through multi-location, bringing on associate, helping set aside money to prepare for those things. If that is part of the owner-doctor's plan, 
uh, it's just better to be prepared for it. So the fractional CFO is really leading those conversations with the client based on data that we have full confidence in because our team has made sure it's, it's as good as, as possible. What's the feedback that the client gives you from the from their experience with that since they've likely never had that type of service before? Uh, I think it's it's a wow factor for them just because they feel confident. And a lot of times we speak into the practice itself, but then other aspects of the doctor's personal investment portfolio. Um, a lot of times we'll speak into what they have as far as investments in real estate, if they are trying to look at an owner-occupied space, if that's part of their long-term vision. Also, uh, how do we add net worth to the family overall and look at tax strategies that allow for that? So uh, a CFO helps lead that. And we do that in a manner where all the expertise that we have leading up to that point in the relationship with the client sets them up for success. We're also a shoulder to cry on because a lot of times there are pain points working through the business. And as a business owner, you can feel very alone. So by having somebody that you can reach out to that's seeing other practices, what people are doing well and what people aren't doing as well, that experience is very useful in a practice that could feel very alone and isolated in today's world. Absolutely. That's the challenge with a dental practice is you are truly on an island versus if you were a physician, you're in a hospital surrounded by uh, similar people. So, I mean, you've, you've got to have that. Um, when you first start working with a client, well, actually, let's talk real quick. Who is your typical client? Yeah. So uh, our typical office is somebody that's probably 1.5 in revenue up. So we're we're not the uh, help you help you get the first dollar business. We're usually introduced to a client after they've had some pain points and some fresh frustrations. Maybe they've hit a plateau or going through different staffing issues within their practice. Uh, we also work uh, pretty closely with a lot of family-run practices where it could be a family a family dynamic, whether it is children in the practice uh, that are part of the succession event or a spouse that works in the practice in some form or fashion. So uh, we also have the unique ability to be able to speak into that and have empathy for that situation and try to navigate that really, really well, um, given our experience with family offices. So what is the biggest What's the biggest challenge that you see new clients when they come in? What's the biggest challenge they have? I would say getting out of their own way. Um, and so a lot of times, no different than any business that where you have an owner operator. Uh, a lot of times we hang on to things that are just, um, we know that we can do them the best in the office. But we have to encourage the doctor to delegate, especially if they are going to look at succession planning in the near future. Uh, you don't want to have to sell your job. You want to have to you want to sell your business or your practice. So that's typically what we see somebody hanging on to something too long and not being able to 
evolve, I guess, with the practice as it grows or as the or as the market conditions change. We've seen that here recently a lot in the last three to five years as well. And if you are so, so dug in that you can't evolve, that is usually the first battle that we have to conquer. That, that's interesting because one of the things that I see, I, I call it the continuum of dental of practice ownership, is on one side, you have what I call a lifestyle practice where you basically own a job. And now it's a really good job, but you own a job and you make good money, but you're not crushing it. Um, and then the other opposite end is you own a business um, and your income tends to be substantially higher. Uh, there's not a right or wrong because everyone's wired differently. What do you want? But do you see that that continuum? And are you really able to get people to move from owning a job to owning a business? We have. And so the, the best example of this is there are seasons in every business and a dental practice is no different. So um, it cycles. You have a season of building so um, that whenever you initially start the practice or buy it and kind of take take off and start implementing things. So you've got that that build season and then you have that season of love like you have years to love your practice and a well-oiled machine uh, operates very very well that doctor could be the main producer in the practice and have just help through assistance or fill in doctors when they need to take a vacation but there is that season of really loving your practice and we could see that last 5 10 15 years the build phase shouldn't last about five or less. And then the last kind of chapter is you've got a season of losing your practice. And that's where you don't want to lose your practice and not be able to evolve at, at the pace of change. And so this is where we would typically see an associate is definitely needed. Um, succession planning is required. And now when you, you talk from, about succession planning, are you talking yeah. about selling to an associate? Are you talking about selling to a DSO? Um, talk about that for a second. We look at all options. So that that is typically uh, a conversation that is unique to the doctor. And uh, even if they were going to go a DSO, DPO route, we would want to have that conversation well in advance because as many as many listeners know, that's not a sell and walk away. That's a sell go to that new practice and then eventually leave that practice. So um, we want that timeline to kind of fit with the family's goals. And so a lot of times we talk through associate or DSO, DPO. Um, if it is an associate, it's it's work as well because we have to go identify who that right associate is, who the right fit is, have them in a, have them in a role for a, a period of time and then begin that transition as we um, exit the, the owner-doctor from whether it's production or ownership altogether. Well, if a client has a what I call lifestyle practice, owning a job, and they don't want to transition from owning a job to owning a business, uh, are they still a good fit for you? Or is it, does, that just, does that just basically change the way you work with them? No, so uh, we do have have clients that have that lifestyle practice, and it is how do you add value? Adding value to those clients is different than someone looking to 
even build a practice in a very short term and then sell it into a DSO DPO. We've seen that. We've seen that recently where uh, you just have a practice in mind built to sell into another organization. And that's not right or wrong. It's just the individual call of the doctor. So your situation where it is a lifestyle practice, we come alongside that that owner doctor and see what can we do to add value during that lifestyle. So a lot of the conversations would rely on setting money aside into retirement, fully loading as much as we possibly can, because a lifestyle practice, if you are essentially selling your job at the end of the day, your return on that is not going to be as high as a fully functioning, well-run machine without you. So that lifestyle practice, whenever you are selling that job, it's going to be a lesser amount than somebody that has associates in place or has a, a very structured business. So the the approach we would take is how do we maximize the cash flow of the business in the lifestyle phase? And we would be looking at to set aside as much as possible into retirement accounts, build additional outside out assets outside of the practice. That could be owner-occupied real estate. That could just be other non-business assets. And so a lot of times having those conversations is much better because you have a bigger nest egg whenever you're ready to retire that you're not reliant on selling your job at the end of the day because it is a lifestyle practice. I mean, I've seen a lot of people who uh, really their retirement depended on how much they could sell their practice for. And, and that, that, that could be a challenging situation. Yeah, it's very unfortunate um, when that does happen and, and everybody is guilty of it whenever we get head down in production mode and, and the technician hat goes on and the owner hat never goes on. So it, it is one thing that you have to encourage owner doctors to really wear multiple hats throughout their practice ownership and not be afraid to wear that owner working on the business hat as much as possible because you want to get to whatever that stage of life is. Maybe it's 50, maybe it's 55, 60, whatever that is, whenever you want to phase off, phase down or hang it up, you just want as many options as possible. And by wearing the owner hat and viewing your business as a standalone entity, not an extension of yourself, will give you more options. That's great. So obviously, if you're able to get someone to move from owning a job to owning a business, helping them create that, that's huge. That's awesome. But if I'm your client today, I start today, a year or two years from now, what are some of the other biggest impacts besides the transition from job to business do you typically see with your clients after they work with you? You know, the, the biggest thing that we have to work through uh, for our most successful clients is boredom. And boredom is uh, whenever you feel like you're not needed in the business any longer. All you, you do is just add another location that gets rid of boredom, right? You could. And, and that's where we really have to talk into. Uh, we wear a therapist hat as well. And we have to talk into where's your time best spent and what fills your cup. And so if if you are a technician by by trade and that's what you love, it, you you need to lean into that. But if you have evolved past the production mindset and want to work on the business or build the business, then we encourage you to go do that. And we can show the right path to do that and back it up with data that we see. 
obviously, just like with any other investment, you have to be prepared to make investments in that business and allow for a return on that investment. And so that means you may be setting uh, aside cash flow for future associates or current associates to essentially remove yourself out of production to go to go do what you want to in the business. And so boredom comes into play a lot of times for those successful uh, owners that make that transition because they feel that they're not needed and they don't know what to do in life. And we see that boredom happen a lot in retirement as well. So we essentially talk into how do you interview for retirement? What is going to fill your cup? Obviously, a lot of people go back to teach or do different things to get back to the profession. But others find other passions that they can um, kind of lean into in those slower months. I, I definitely like the word transition of retirement. And if you don't have a plan uh, to do something else, you will have some challenges when you, when you stop working. You talked about ROI there for a few moments. And how many of your clients know the rate of return on an investment, whether that investment is a piece of capital equipment whether that investment is an associate. I know you guys can help them calculate that. Do you work with kind of teaching them, you know, the the, the financial side of this stuff? We do. And so depending on the two examples there, whether it's an associate and we really, with an associate, you're bringing that person in. Uh, there's a little bit more fluff in that calculation because they have to build that production up over time, especially if it's a new associate and you've never had that position before. So you're essentially giving away part of your job to that person. And over time, as they add cases and, and get fully acclimated at, you know, in the practice, then they will build up a full caseload. And then you come alongside as well with your caseload. So that is a piece where during that phase, you have to speak into what is the owner doctor's time worth and wh where else can they go spend that time? So a lot of that, uh, how I, why I say fluff is we have to encourage people to take time off as the associate is coming to their own and really lean into uh, whether it's full day Fridays or half day Mondays, whatever the, the situation calls for. You have to move out of the way and let that associate come in to, to their role. The other piece is on equipment. Uh, we do come alongside maybe the person that sold that equipment and have to justify the calculations that they've given. And so we have great friends that sell equipment given the different supply reps that are out there. Uh, but overall, we have to monitor and watch what that piece of equipment really the cost is, what the return is on these additional procedures maybe that you're going to go into and how many procedures can we realistically do given our current client base, given market conditions, and does it still make sense to acquire that piece of equipment if it's a new service line? What do you typically see? I mean, you, you've talked about the things that you're helping clients do. What are the biggest challenges you see when they walk in the door Beside, besides maybe owning a job? Yeah, I think it's mindset on um, being stuck in the past. And I think part of part of the hurdle that they've already gotten over is that they've hired us. So they've moved from somebody that was there just to do a tax return, just to do a cleanup project for a compliance requirement. So it's a great first step to be having that conversation because there was a pain point 
that made them evaluate all options that exist, including our team. So the biggest thing that we have to work through next is where are they still holding on to maybe some false narratives on the past where things were? And, and they think about the past, no matter how brutal it was, it was always the good old days. So I remember when I could pay a hygienist $25 an hour, that was the good old days. And so that's just not the market typically nowadays. And so we have to think through what options exist. How do we look at the procedures, the pricing of those procedures, whether you're uh, fee for service, whether you're accepting insurance, all of those different items to make sure that you're building the practice that you want to build and have the best quote unquote job as long as you possibly can. Yeah, that, that's so that's so good, good, so helpful. So um, as we wind down right here, Marcus, if someone's intrigued by what you're saying or, or they're just they need a new CPA, but they need a CPA who does more than report taxes to the IRS. They actually do business consulting and they take them through a really robust process to help them get an understanding of their numbers. How would how would somebody reach out to, to deal in business advisors? Yeah, uh, the easiest way is to find us on uh, the internet. Our website is DillonAdvisors.com. It's D-I-L-L-O-N. That gets misspelled a lot. Um, but And A-D-V-I-S-O-R or E-R? R-S. Yeah. yeah, that one's another one. E-R-S is sometimes thrown out, but it is O-R-S. So, okay. um, and, and we, you know, DBA has been a, uh, a great uh a great solution for so many doctors that that want to get through that plateau or, or build their business the right way from the very beginning. So I think those are the pieces where DylanAdvisors.com is the best bet. Um, what, what you'll find is once you do raise your hand and see additional inf- information, you'll get a uh, call or a touch point from my better half, Rachel Dylan, who is much better at having those first conversations and much more pleasant uh, than myself. And so, uh, we take that family aspect to heart, even within our business. And so that's why a lot of our clients who have that family dynamic within their own practice, um, see how, how we kind of echo what we, what we preach. That's, that's really helpful. And you can really speak to some of those challenges because you walk through them every day yourself. Yeah. And and we wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I think there's, there is such a, a place in our heart for this, the individually owned uh, family run practice and helping those doctors and those families navigate what's next for them and for the better of their family is what truly gives us fulfillment at the end of the day. That's great. Well, this has been incredibly insightful and informational. And I, I feel like there, there's there's a lot of great CPAs out there. There's a lot of CPAs out there. There's less great CPAs out there. And I I think you guys are definitely in the handful, small, small handful of people who really add additional value beyond telling someone what they owe at the end of the year. So I really appreciate your time today, Marcus. Hey, I appreciate you leading the conversation, Ross. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brand. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. 
Ross Brandon is a registered representative, Coastal Equities, Inc., and Investment Advisory Representative, Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc., and securities are offered through Coastal Equities, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.